0: Hey, hey, everyone! Welcome to the podcast. Today we have some really rather interesting news. If you've seen pretty much anything on the internet, you'll have you'll know that Ford had been testing something called the Mach One, and no, not the Mach E. Mach, oh, yeah, the Mach One, not the Mach E. And it's finally out, and obviously it's a Mustang. Interestingly, though, it seems to. It, I don't want to give things away, but basically it seems to take insp- inspiration as far as purpose goes from the Shelby GT350 so let's get into it 2021 Ford Mustang Mach-E is back combines 480 horsepower V8 with Shelby GT350 goodies Ford has unveiled a new performance-oriented Mustang in the form of the 2021 Mustang Mach-1 bridging the gap between the Mustang GT and Shelby models the Mach-1 packs a naturally aspirated 5 liter V8 making 480 horsepower performance parts from the shelby gt350 and gt500 as well as a unique design inside and out you'll notice that the engine has the same power and torque ratings as the 2020 mustang bullet namely uh, 480 horsepower at 7000 rpm and 420 pound-feet of torque at 4600 rpm while die-hard pony car fans expected more power They will be very pleased to learn that the standard transmission is the same 6-speed Tremec 3160 manual from the Shelby GT350. For the first time, Ford has updated the Tremec gearbox with rev-matching and the Mustang GT's twin-disc clutch and short-throw shifter. The transmission is not the only thing borrowed from the GT350, as as the Mach 1's engine also integrates revised Shelby GT350 components, including the intake manifold, oil filter adapter, and engine and engine oil cooler, which increase engine oil cooling capacity by 50%. Customers who are not that much into driving a stick shift can choose the available 10-speed select shift automatic transmission with an upgraded torque converter and unique calibration that enables, opt- that enables optimizing torque capability, shift character, and overall enhanced performance. A second air-to-oil cooler is said to increase cooling capacity by 75% on the Mach 1 with the automatic transmission. Recognizing the 2021 Mustang Mach 1 will be easy thanks to unique design elements, at the front they include the model-specific grille with a deep 3D mesh, shark-nose section, and faux lamp elements flanking the low-gloss magnetic pony badge, as well as new side grilles below each turn signal lamp. A large front splitter is continued by sharp side skirts and a generous Shelby GT500 source diffuser. At the rear, flanked by quad round exhausts. The vehicle also features low gloss magnetic and black accents across the bodywork, including the mirror caps and rear spoiler. The 19 by 9.5 inch front and 19 by 10 inch rear tarnished dark painted aluminum wheels in a five spoke design are unique to the Mach 1 and pay homage to the classic magnum 500 style wheels the 2021 mach 1 also sports satin black side and hood stripes with reflective accent stripes in red white and orange exterior color options include the exclusive fighter jet gray appearance package only as well as iconic silver shadow black oxford white velocity blue twister orange race red and grabber yellow now let's take a bit of a pause here so what this means is that the mach 1 i believe makes less power so it makes about as much power as a normal shelby gt350 but less power than the GT350R. So this, so on the face of it, it seems that the Mach One is sort of like a Shelby GT350, sorry GT350R, but with a GT350 engine, or really with a normal bullet engine, actually. And that, you know, to me, that's that's kind of strange. But I was talking to a friend about this actually, and they were saying that the Mach Ones historically have kind of only been a sort of appearance package and. A Sort of in between the normal GT and the Shelbys. So, while I think there are going to be a a good handful of people that are disappointed that this model isn't really faster or... Well, just that, isn't really faster than a GT350R. Historically, this does fit the role that Mach 1 has kind of always fitted in the Mustang lineup. So, at the very least, for those diehard purists, they shouldn't actually be that annoyed with where this Mustang sits in the lineup. It does still confuse me, though, because if this is slightly faster... Than a GT350, but not as fast as a GT350R. Then what does that why why does this model make sense? Why or well it doesn't to me, but why is this model in the lineup then? Was it necessary to have something slightly faster than a GT350? Because people who would get a normal Mustang GT350 probably would just put some GT350 bits on it anyway, i.e. the wing, the bigger splitter, so on and so forth, you know, maybe stick your tires, brakes. Everything that they've done, everything that they've apparently done to the Mach 1. Isn't something you couldn't have done with the GT350 just through you know small aftermarket upgrades. So I actually just looked up how much horsepower the normal GT350 had, and apparently it had exactly the same horsepower as the GT350R, 526 horsepower. So actually, that makes the Mach 1 not only slower than the GT350R, but actually it makes it slower. than the the normal GT350. And that puts the Mach 1 even further into strange territory. The best way I've been able to kind of rationalize what this Mustang really is, is if you think about it like this. Remember when Jeremy Clarkson on Top Gear, back, I don't remember what season but when he reviewed the Aston Martin DBS, he said that don't think of the DBS as a DBS. Think of it as a DB9S. Then it actually makes sense. And I I kind of take a similar approach to what this Mach 1 is. Don't think of it as, not necessarily thinking thinking of it, don't necessarily think of it as a Mach 1. Think of it as like a Ford Mustang Performance Pack 3, or maybe a Performance Pack 4. In fact, they have the normal one would would probably be a Performance Pack 3, and then the optional handling package would be the Performance Pack 4. But either way, that's what this Mustang really is. It's a PP3 or a PP4 Mustang, rebranded as Mach 1. That's really what it is. And it's tough to say whether this would be slower or faster than a GT350. I mean, it's definitely down on power, but I think with the optional handling package, due to the fact that that adds some GT350R and GT500 goodies, I think it would be faster even though it's down on power, or at the very least, it would only be a few tenths off. But let's actually get into that handling package, considering I brought it up. The 2021 Ford Mustang Mach 1's optional handling package, available exclusively with the 6-speed manual, adds a larger, unique, higher-down-force front splitter, new front-wheel lip moldings, and a low-gloss magnet- magnetic swing spoiler with a gurney flap and rear tire spats from the GT500. The pack also includes unique, wider 19 by 105 inch front and 19 by 11 inch rear tarnished, dark-painted aluminum wheels. Ford claims the Mach 1 features 22% more downforce than a Mustang GT with performance pack level 1, and with the handling package, that increases downforce by 150%. But the car's most aerodynamically important upgrade is actually the underbelly pan, which extends 20 inches, or 508 millimeters, further rearward than the one on the mustang gt performance pack this is said to smooth and increase the airflow under the car sorry under the front of the car while large underwing features in the belly pan increase downforce additionally special belly pan airfoils in the brake cooling ramps improve downforce and assist the brake the brake cooling flow which is a first for the mustang what about the suspension well the mach 1 features the latest magna ride calibration a stiffer steering eye shaft new e-pass calibration, stiffer sway bars and front spring, as well as a rear subframe with stiffer bushings and a rear toe link from the Shelby GT500 to improve ride and handling. It also features a brake booster from the Mustang GT performance pack level 2, there's a PP2 upgrade and Michelin PS4 tires. Inside, customers are treated with a unique dark spin drift instrument panel with aluminum accents, ebony seats with accent stripe on models featuring a leather upholstery and white white cue ball shift knob for the manual gearbox also included our new dorsals actually let me go back to that the white cue ball shift no- it's that white shift knob that you see on that you see on mustangs why are they giving it some funny name i don't understand anyway though also included our new door sill plates an updated splash screen on the 12.3 inch digital instrument cluster and engraved badging displayed sorry displaying the vehicle's unique chassis number the 2021 mustang mach 1 will arrive in dealerships across the u.s and canada in the spring of 2021 as a limited edition model how limited is anyone's guess for now though the car maker did say the mach 1 is a global model that's kind of cool so i'm looking at the handling upgrade and it definitely seems like a performance pack for mustang so a, G- a mach 1 without it is maybe a performance pack 3 so slightly more aggressive than the pp2 and then the- with the handling package it's a pp it's a pp4 or or Think of it as visually a GT three fifty Mustang or GT three fifty R Mustang with with a bullet engine that's what this car is so it's and again that's it's very very strange because what does it it's weird because where does this model fit into the range then so obviously slower than the normal gt 350 and gt 350r which i think they've gotten rid of and so now you only have the gt 500 so this is kind of a replacement for that but again it's slower but faster than the bullet in the gt in the normal 50 gt it's just strange because it seems it seems like a bit of a downgrade to me although it does have some actual genuine upgrades from its faster sibling. So, it's not a complete it's not I don't think it's genuinely a downgrade, but the engine certainly is. I guess what I'm trying to say is it seems redundant. It seems like a redundant model to have when you all you when you were already making faster and pro- and potentially more capable models just last year. I just don't see how it's completely, you know, completely necessary. Looks cool. I like the look of it. Even the front bumper, even though I don't like how it seems to have taken from the GT the GT trim level on the Mach-E. But that's that's more of a problem, I think, with the Mach-E than it is with the Mach-1. Actually, maybe not, because maybe they really did take uh, inspiration from that. And actually, when I first saw that and realized that, I had a that made me fearful for the normal Mustang. Because if they've taken inspiration from the Mach-E for the normal Mustang for just the front clip of this Mustang, which is good. Because I think the GT Mach-E actually does look good. What else are they going to take inspiration for? That's what worries me. I don't know. As far as a Performance Pack 3 for the normal non-handling pack uh, Mach 1, it would be really, really mild. A really mild Performance Pack 3. I'd even go as far as saying that the normal Mach 1 without the handling package is less of a Performance Pack 3 and more of a Performance Pack 2.0. But... The Monkey with the the Mach sorry, the Mach 1 with the handling package is definitely a performance pack 4 vehicle. Easily. But it's still it's still weird. Why? Because people who want a track Mustang, a track ready Mustang, would probably go for a used, a late-used GT350, and it would probably be faster. Or at the very least, not that far off at all. And you get more power. People who want A really fast and a really proper track Mustang will just go for the GT350R, which you could probably get for less than this thing used. And that definitely will be faster than the Mach 1. People who want a cheap track, you know, a cheap Mustang that's also track capable, will either get a Performance Pack 1 or a Performance Pack 2. And so that just begs the question, where does this Mustang fit? Why does this Mustang make sense to have in the lineup when you already made the faster car Previously, and people who couldn't afford that would just get a performance pack too, which the normal Mach 1 isn't seeming like that much of a performance pack Mustang. So let's go and jump over to this road and track article and see if we can make more sense of the Mach 1 because perhaps there's a little bit more context here that we're missing. And for 2021, Ford is bringing it back, hoping to, te- hoping to team the budget performance of the Mustang GT with the track capability of the Shelby GT350 and GT500. So in a sense, this is a like a performance pack for Mustang, a track capable GT three hundred and fifty five hundred without the price. Hopefully, which is again kind of what they were doing with the performance pack options. Continuing, that's a big deal because the current generation of Mustang GTS have not proven to be as stout during heavy heavy track use as we had, as we had hoped even with the performance pack 2 there's been a widely reported problem of differentials overheating for the Mach one though Ford's gone all out on cooling to make this the most durable non Shelby Mustang you can have on track can this just this just keeps affirming what i'm saying that this is this is just another performance pack Mustang that's focused on cooling again and and that is necessary that is quite necessary i guess what what confuses me is why they just decided yeah let's call it an all-new model and then you know now you have to contend with the fact that people are saying well why would i get this model because it's slower than a gt350 or a gt350r it's certainly less powerful than the former so while the 480 i get, and just to be clear i'm reading this article because i want to know if the normal non-handling pack mach 1 is is more robust than than a performance pack 2 mustang because i Either I read that and don't remember now, just short-term memory, or I didn't actually... It wasn't that clear in the Car Scoops article, but that's what I'm trying to find out here. If the, if the normal Mach 1 really is a Performance Pack 3, that's what I'm trying to clarify, if you were wondering why I'm reading another article. So while the 480 horsepower, 420 pound-feet of torque engine is a carryover from the now-discontinued Bullet, the Mach 1 gets an engine cooler from the GT350, a transmission oil cooler dedicated brake cooling ducts and most importantly a rear axle cooler from the gt500 that should prevent the differential from overheating they didn't they haven't mentioned the handling pack yet so this might be the normal mach 1 we'll, we'll just have to wait the manual is also plucked from the gt350 rather than the less crisp crisp gearbox found in lesser mustangs also it now features defeatable Automatic, uh, automatic rev matching Ford's 10speed automatic is also available a surprise given that the GT performance pack 2 performance pack 2 bullet and GT350 are all manual only trims Ford they I guess I think they're just uh, they're I think they, what's the saying moving with the times whatever it is I think that's that's what's happening here Ford says adding an option for an automatic high performance Mustang was largely driven by international markets as the Mach 1 was sold in dozens of countries. The Mach 1 also has 22% more downforce than a GT Performance Pack 1, but spec the optional handling package with the GT500 rear wing, that is, is that it? I doubt it. And that jumps to 150% more downforce. See if it has 22% more downforce than a normal Performance Pack 1, that means that it probably, from what I'm seeing, it doesn't have that much more, if any, more downforce than a Performance Pack 2. So the Performance Pack 3, the Mach 1, seems to add more cooling. Stiffer sway bars and front springs springs also come standard, as do Michelin Pilot Sport 4S tires. Add the handling package and you'll get wider, more aggressive, Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2. Visually, you'll be able to spot a Mach 1 by its unique twin nostril grille, revised front bumper, and unique wheel options. Plus, of course, the big gurney flap wing from the GT500. An optional appearance package gives you a choice of red, white, or orange stripes and an exclusive fighter jet gray base color. Inside, the Mach 1 has a new dark spin drift dashboard material and optional unique striped ebony leather seats. The white cue ball shifter from the bullet lives on as well. Pricing is yet to be announced, but the Mustang Bullet retails for $46,705 and the Shelby GT three fifty starts at fifty nine thousand one hundred and forty dollars. Expected to fall in that range, but closer to the bullet end of the spectrum. Deliveries begin in spring of 2021. See, I think the normal Mach One will probably be about bullet price, but the handling pack would probably put it up to about 52 grand. I'm betting you it's going to put it up to about 52 grand. So I'm going to see you all in a second. I got to go back and read the Car Scoops article for myself and see what they said about the normal Mach One because Road Track was was more confusing. Okay, so what it seems to me is that the normal mach 1 doesn't get all of the cooling increased cooling capacity that the handling package offers i just reread the car Scoops article and they only started mentioning that after they got to the optional handling pack so i'm gonna take that as a sign that the normal mach 1 probably doesn't have that much more cooling too. i and it's really really confusing because they say That the transmission is not the only thing borrowed from the GT350 as the Mach 1's engine also integrates revised Shelby GT350 components, including the intake manifold, oil filter adapter, and engine oil cooler. And that's strange because the only thing there that would actually, I think, add power even a little bit is the GT350 GT350 intake manifold. How much power does the bullet make? So 480. Same as the Mach 1. Yet the Mach 1 has increased airflow, or has er, I say increased airflow, has revised Shelby GT350 hasn't, has the revised Shelby GT350 intake manifold, which again, it, I'm just getting more and more confused here because wouldn't that at least get it up to, I don't know, 590 horsepower? Or does the Bullet already use the GT350 intake? Because let's say that it does. And so the Mach 1 doesn't increase the power, but it does get slightly better airflow. I guess then it makes a bit of sense. However, they were saying that, you know, on top of that, it gets the oil, oil filter adapter and engine oil cooler, which increases engine oil cooling capacity by 50%, so at least a normal Mach 1 has better engine cooling. But from what we just read from that uh, Road and Track article, diffs were the problem with the Performance Pack 2. Not Now, to be fair, I haven't read much about track performance of the Performance Pack 2, so I don't know if it really overheated or not. But just from that little excerpt from the Rodent Track article, diff cooling was the problem, not engine cooling. So if you want diff cooling, you might have to go to the optional handling package, and that, that would be a little bit unfortunate because, like I said, I think it's going to add. Let's say the Mach One's forty-eight thousand. I would bet you the handling package adds about four to five thousand on top of that. So that's you're you're in you know now you're in the price bracket price bracket of between you know fifty-two thousand dollars and fifty four thousand dollars not bad still less than the gt350s but not everyone i don't think everyone's going to want to shell out that much money just so that their dips don't explode overall you know i like the look of it i'm just sad that it doesn't you know like a few people i'm sad it doesn't have the shaker on it because a track like a track that would have made it a little bit more worth it to me having a like a performance pack four mustang with a shaker on it that would have been epic but they didn't Unfortunately, they haven't gone that far, which is really quite a shame. But overall, for the track guys, I think the Mach 1 with the with perform- with the with the handling package might be worthwhile. It might be worth. Unfortunately, though, they were saying that this is going to be kind of a limited edition, so... Mm. But again, for those who were disappointed in the Performance Pack 2's inadequate diff cooling, this might be the, your next upgrade. If you still want a 5.0 track Mustang, that's not uber-expense, or at the very least, not pushing 60 grand... This will definitely be the model you want to get. I'm still, I'm, I'm still just a little bit confused about the normal Mach 1. I don't, I didn't, from, again, from road and track, it doesn't, from what they're saying, all Mach 1s get the increased cooling. But then, car scoops was actually more specific about what, what, which, uh, Mach 1 gets what upgrades? The handling package or the or the standard spec uh, or the standard spec. And I bet I'll tell you what though, I bet you that it's the handling package that gets that extra cooling because you'd need it if you're gonna get that package and then take your Mustang to the track. But does that mean that Ford ignored the diff for the normal Mach 1? I I'm not completely convinced. It's not it wouldn't be surprising, but it's just really, really tough to say because it the articles I to me were relatively vague. They didn't mention it, but that doesn't mean it's not part of it. The closest that CarScoops got was mentioning that it's got better in, <clears throat> engine oil cooling. The base mock one, not even the handling package, which is good. I just go over and over and over. J- I'm just... Sorry, I'm going over it again. Like, just triple tre- triple checking, quadruple checking, and I'm just not seeing it below. I'm not seeing any information about that below the optional handling pack. Below ground spoiler, More downforce. It has a bigger under, underbelly pan than the Mustang GT Performance Pack, helps cooling, brake cooling even, brake cooling, yeah, brake, brake cooling flow. And then you go, but once again, you go back to road and track, and they were saying, hold on, where is it? And they were saying a rear axle cooler from the GT500 that should prevent the differential from overheating, but they didn't say whether or not that was a part of the handling package or not. And that's that's what I'm saying. That that piece of information about the rear axle cooler, it that might be a part of the brake cooling on car scoops, and they're just calling it something different, or car scoops neglected that information and Roden Track didn't, but Roden Track is somewhat neglecting information about the optional handling pack and whether that rear axle cooler is a part of the handling package only or all Mach 1s. It's that it's that piece of information that is making me very hesitant in either calling the Mach 1 a performance pack 3 or a performance pack 2.0. That's the information I need to know about either. Either way, I think it. Lo- I think it looks great, especially the handling package because it's more aggressive, and I like the more aggressive. I like the front bumper. I. I kind of like the graphics. I don't really like the orange, the black and orange on the white on the white press images. I am not a big fan of that, and honestly, I'm not a big fan of that white as a whole. But I really like the blue on the standard spec Mach One. That's nice, and I love. The wheels. I love the wheels on the optional handling package. I think they're fantastic. They remind me a lot of actually the Chevrolet Camaro Z28 wheels in, in in the in their complexity. They remind me a lot of that. And so I think, you know, I think I understand where this model sits. It's a less expensive alternative to a GT350 and to a GT350R. I just don't know if it's truly worth it when I mean there are gonna be people who don't want the 5.2 Voodoo engine, who only want the 5.0 Coyote. So again, for those people, this is a great option to get all the GT350 goodies. But hey, if you don't want that engine, you don't have to get that engine. But it still seems weird because I think that the, the track fans who don't care who can get a GT350 for, for cheap used and who could get a GT350R for slightly more expensive than this used wouldn't get this because the GT350R is definitely going to be faster than this Mach 1. So I just had a look to see how expensive GT350s are, GT350Rs are and it is possible to get a gt350r for around what a handling mach 1 is probably going to be at but it's not easy most of them are still in low 60 uh low 60 000. so with that in mind the mach 1 might actually make some level of sense to have in in the lineup because now you have a 5.0 gt350r when you have the handling package without having to pay gt350r money and because it's a 5.0 coyote you have a lot of aftermarket support and i bet you have a lot of relatively cheap aftermarket support, so you should be able to get to GT350R power fairly inexpensively. You're not going to have the red line, unfortunately, but the sheer power itself shouldn't be too hard to get to. So actually, this is a smart move by Ford. A GT350R for about five thousand five, 5 grand less, and with the 5.0 engine that some people would rather have. Makes sense. It's still weird that they've put out technically a slower model, but again, think of this less as its own new model and more so as either a Performance Pack 3, maybe with the standard Mach 1, either that or it's a Performance Pack 2.0. And with the handling package, think of that as a Performance Pack 4. That's what the Mach 1 kind of is. And again, on the mo- on the handling package side, that definitely makes it a, a Performance Pack 4. Overall, you know, I think Ford, this, this actually makes a lot of sense. Ford has done a good job here. So it's not just a... It's not a rebranded shelby gt350 and it's not a special it's not strictly a special edition 5 mustang and it's not and it's not strictly only a replacement for the bullet this is a special edition performance pack 3 and performance pack 4 mustang gt and that is a smart move anyway i hope you all enjoyed if you're listening on spotify or Podbean, please follow the podcast like the episode share it, and comment if you can if you're listening on youtube like comment share and subscribe hitting the little notification bell, and then all notifications, that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the pod be mobile app, well then just download Spotify. Before you go, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. This one's actually been quite informative and quite, quite, quite an education for me to learn what this Mustang's actually about. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest.